Welcome back to another episode of Home But Not Alone. And today we have another special guest. He's a professional athlete who played university basketball for the Ryerson Ram, where he shredded the OUA with, for five years, winning three OUA medals, two silver and one gold, and was named the Youth Sports Second Team All-Canadian. In 2018, he was selected to represent Team Canada to the Commonwealth Game, where him and his team displayed an extraordinary performance and received a silver medal. This past winter, he was competing for his native country, Rwanda, in the Basketball Africa League. And this summer, he is set to be repping our hometown Hamilton, playing for the Honey Badgers in the CEBL. He will go down as one of the greatest uh, basketball players to come out of Hamilton, Ontario. He is my former high school teammate. Please welcome Jean-Victor Moukamar. Yes, sir. First of all, that was like the best introduction, if not the first introduction I've ever got. <laughs> might have to steal, might have to like clip it and send it to me so I can just introduce myself like that. It's going to be your What's intro up, when you go to games and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real, man. I want to be introduced like that on my birthday. <laughs> right That's before fine. you walk Tell in. Click. I'm going to ask for it. <laughs> All right, man. Tell yeah, me so how you've been, man. I get the family? proper respect when I walk in. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my family's great, man. Obviously, this is tough times. Uh, not something anybody saw coming or controlled. So I feel like as bad as... Uh, all of this is, is, is something no one, not the government, not, not no people ever saw coming. So in a way, it brought us together. And I think I, you should look at it as a, as a time to figure what we should improve on, what we've been lacking, reconnecting with people. Like, that's, that's one thing it, it did for me. As bad as it is, it, it, there's some positive in it. Right. So you're saying, like, all this free time is giving you the opportunity to improve. So oh, yeah. what are some hobbies or what are some new skills you probably got to pick up or old hobbies you started again? Uh, personally for me, just because like, uh, like my life right now is just playing basketball and being proactive. Um, obviously in the beginning it was just like, just because every, no one knew really what was going to happen in the next couple, like I was going week by week, let alone month, month by month with all the rumors that we might be quarantined for a year. Some said right. till 2022. So you heard all types of stuff and you didn't know, um, how to react to it. So if your life is playing basketball and you can't even get six feet from anybody, I'm like, well, I guess I, I'm jobless now. And, right, right. But you know what? I, I talked to my mom and a couple of my friends and um, I realized, you know what? I'm going to control what I can control. I can't just wake up every day and look outside and see if people are walking out again. We're expecting mm -hmm. a, a text from a, a coach saying like we're back on. So I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start reading uh, certain books that people were telling me that were good. Like even books that I used to read when I was younger. Um, and for the, like, just for me, just because I knew I couldn't play basketball physically, I challenged my mental side in terms of, um, watching tapes, um, from like ACMT to all the way right now, not just tapes from last year, right. just because like, it, like, it's obviously like you're about, you, you can relate to this. Like, like you probably wasn't as good at ACMT as you're good right now, but like mm -hmm. for, for some reason, then the games. You, you play like uh, wherever you play university or professionally in the States, just because like it brings a lot of memories. And then I always listen to people like the way you play when you're a kid and when you play right now is different. Like as much as people want to say we have love for the game, there's a business side of it right now. So like this preparation behind it is sometimes you're like, man, you have to kick yourself to like to get up and like go train because this is life. This is your life. This is what you chose. I I love that you said that you say that because in the first interview I did, I was with a girl named Kate Walker who was um a CTV she's a CTV news reporter and she started doing like news reporting on TV 
when she was in university. And and for her back then, it was fun. And I was like, me and my right. high school teammates, right. right back in the day, were like, oh, all that's all this is fun, but it's going to be even funner when we're getting paid at university and we're going to school for free. And then we got there, we're like, it's not any more any funner, right? Because there's more pressure and stuff yep. like that. So I was, so I asked her, is it, it's do you still get the same pleasure from doing oh, yeah. interviews when you were a kid as you do now? And then I'm asking you the same question. Is basketball the same thing now that you're being paid and there's more pressure? Is it the same feeling? I, I wouldn't say it's the same feeling. I, like I definitely, the one thing that's still there is the love for the game because like, like you can relate to this. You can't do this and not love it to a certain extent because it's not easy at all like waking up in the morning flights being away from family like you know what i mean there's a lot of things that played into it. it's not just dribbling a basketball and shooting tell people this like you can love the game and you can i can just stay here with my family see them all the time and go play outside organize runs with my with my friends if it, if it was just about basketball but this is something like we invested ourselves in since we were kids and not just us like moms driving us giving us money right. to go forever coaches so there's a lot of that played into it not to say that you're obligated to play basketball but you like there's a certain pressure like just like anybody that wanted to be a lawyer wanted mm -hmm. to be a doctor like you like you're not just gonna give up just because you know what i mean right. and but when you're in high school um the one thing is like you're really just playing man like you're just in school like you're not playing if anything, the more what you were playing for, maybe until grade 12 when you started getting, like, offers to go play somewhere, was for girls and, like, just to, like, for bragging rights with your friends. That, that's about it. So it. it was, like, yeah. you, you play with someone, you beat him, or he beats you, you're just looking for it tomorrow and be like, man, <laughs> I can't wait to get junior tomorrow, man. Like, you, you don't – some of us didn't even sleep. Just a competitive <laughs> nature. So now it's more of a like, – it's more of a – and you know what I'm talking about. It happened every – Every lunch, man. Right. I know there's a lot of professors at ACMT were like, Yo. man, these kids are showing up musties in class every lunch, bro. bro the we didn't lunch, even know why the we didn't eat. Like, we just, like, disregarded eating completely. Shout out to Giant Tiger, man. It's, it's not the same. Like, I, I remember, like, the lunch battles were like, you, I beat Hamid, I beat you in the three-on-three. -three. Yes, I go home the next day. I can't wait to play. And then you lose the next oh, day. <laughs> You can't sleep that whole night, yo. Oh, man. Because nobody will, will let you forget that crossover. Yeah, bro. And, and the worst? <laughs> oh, my God. Man, let me tell you something. The worst, you never want to lose on Friday because you just have to <laughs> sit on that L for, like, the weekend. That's the worst. That's when, like, you have to think twice. But, yeah, those are legendary, man. Yeah, honestly, though, for real. So, all right. So, let's talk about, about your, a little bit about your personal life. So, you come from what seems to be a basketball family. You have siblings who played the sports. You have a cousin by the name of Kez, Kevin Zabo who represented Canada in the FIBA games, uh, FIBA America games, championships. So yeah. how early were you introduced to the game of basketball and what made you stick with it compared to other things? Um, I was introduced from, like, you know, as a kid growing up in Quebec, I grew up in Gatineau. Uh, that's where I was my first 10 years. My dad and my mom did a really good job, like, just making sure I was always active just to stay out of trouble. So I was introduced to, like, karate, soccer, basketball, all types of sports, just to, like, for them, like, you know, for my African background, they don't really care what sport you play. Maybe my dad, like, cared that I did soccer just because that's what he grew up uh, playing. But it's not something he really pushed me into doing. But 
I think I was six years old. Uh, me and Kevin, my cousin, you just mentioned, we played on the same team. Uh, like, that's how we kind of got started. And I, I stuck with it. It's the sport I, I like the most. Most of my cousin played played basketball, and that's how I started. But it was never something I looked at as, oh, I'm going to be a professional player. As you idolize, like, then already at the time, that's who I idolized. He was, he was mm-hmm. playing for Raptors and Kevin, like, Kobe. And, like, we always, like, pretended to be, one or the other. I'm Vince Carter today, or I'm T-Mac today, and then we just played. So the love of the game just grew from there. But then when I was 10 years old, I went to Africa, uh, Rwanda to be specific, for, for three and a half years. And over there, basketball at the time it was literally nothing. Tag and basketball was the same thing. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was a joke over there. There wasn't even any gym. So I had to be, like, I had to, like, adapt and just play soccer. That's where every kid played and started playing soccer over there. And when I came back, Funniest thing is, I came back when I was in grade, in grade eight, so I was 13 years old. And first thing I did when I saw my cousins, like, let's go play one on me. I remember going to my mom, man, like, you guys ruined my life. Like, how's my little cousin killing me 11 nothing one on one in the span of three and a half years? And then, next thing I knew, I'm looking at that, like, there was like ranking. I didn't even know because I left when I was 10. There was rankings of like, class was 20 whatever uh number one is Wiggins Kevin was number two and I'm like wait time out you mean to tell me I could have been number two in the country that's how I view it you mean to tell me I'm not even listed so like I think like the way I kept going with basketball was like I wanted to get to a point where I'm on that list and not looking back at it it was funny because we're not even in the same class so it's never gonna happen you know what I mean (laughs) so it, it just, it's just like, I, like I wanted to reach that level I knew, like maybe I could have, like could have been, and obviously I think I did a great job. But I found my love back. Um, I got lucky to play like IACMT, uh, where I could connect with people that play basketball too, and obviously with Roy Renner recruiting me, and and then from there, I think every year, I, I never really believed I could play professionally. Maybe until I was in my third year of university. Mm-hmm. I think before it was just like, you know, everybody that plays basketball, you're going to tell yourself, yeah, maybe I can play pro. Let's see how it goes. Right. But um, I think third year was really when I started getting exposure, playing with different professional players that play, that played um, at the time. And that's what Coach Roy did a lot. He exposed us and put us on the platform to play at the highest level. And I think before you experience it, you can't really visualize it. Like, you, yourself, you just yeah. play at the level where you're at and you're like, maybe. Which which actually makes me think. So, um, Team Canada with Australia. Yeah. As you're talking about, you you were getting recruited to um. Yeah. You got recruited by Coach Randall to go to Ryerson University. I want to talk about the recruitment process as a whole. But even then, like yeah. as you know, in high school, I was on the starting five. I was playing AU with you guys, but my basketball skills weren't wow. The people weren't leaving the gym. Like I just saw Junior Marku play. You know what I mean? But um, I was able yeah. to. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Able, I was able to to do something well, and that was to play harder than my opponent, right? And um, one thing that I yeah, want to yeah. know about, about the recruiting process is that I was like, I can play, I always thought I could play college basketball, but I didn't know until I went on a visit and I actually yeah. played against college players, and I was like, I'm holding my own, right? So I want to know a little yeah. bit about your recruiting, your, right. uh, your recruiting experience, because there's a lot of people who are going to watch this who never got recruited or who are on the process yeah. to get recruited. So tell me what's the process and what makes you be like, I'm going to commit to this school. Um, I think for me, um, I can, let me, I'm going to just talk about Ryerson. Like there's a lot of school that were recruiting me and it's always the same thing. They bring you in. 
um, for like a visit to the school, just for you to kind of meet the team. Some is like practice setting. Some is just like they want to just take you out with like some of the current uh, players and they take you out just to like kind of visit the city. Like when I went to Windsor, they showed me kind of what they do on an off day. It had nothing to do with basketball for the first two days. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came to Rice, it was a little bit different just because uh, Coach Roy and Coach Patrick came to my house. That was the mm-hmm. first like official visit, I would say. Like they came to my house because um, Roy Renner's philosophy is like they, like it has nothing to do with basketball. They they want to know. They want to kind of come into your world. They don't want. They just. They don't want to like kind of tell you just come to school and play basketball and let's see if you like the guys. Like they want to come into your world so they can get an understanding of like where you come from, who's raising you, and what your mom wants or what you, at the time it was my mom, what my mom wants. So it gives him like that extra motivation of like having that. It, not just being a coach, you know what I mean? Like if right. if you go into his home. And for some reason, you know, raised by a single mother and, like, she's she sacrificed a lot for him. Like, when you're mm-hmm. coaching this kid and for some reason, like, you, like, he's struggling or he's, like, you know his personality and everything, like, you're going to know. It's, it's a way to connect with, with a player that's more than basketball, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that was the first thing he did. He came and, like, they didn't even talk about basketball. They talk about academics. And my mom was offering all, a bunch of teas. That's one thing I heard. <laughs> uh, Coach Roy, like, connected on. And and I don't know if you remember, I went to China with them. Like I like I committed to them that day at the house, mm-hmm. and we didn't even talk about basketball. He didn't say you're gonna play 30 minutes a game. You're gonna play this position. He said, right. I I want I want you to come here like a boy and leave as a man and great character and I'm gonna expose you as much as I can with all the resources I have. And and the rest was her, him and my mom talking about uh, academics and like past players and some of the struggles that some of the players had and everything. So I committed. And then in May, like during our, I was still in school. I went to China for like, I think it was like 13 days. Yeah, I remember, I remember. Yeah. And to me, it was a no brainer. I'm like, I get to leave school. That's whatever. (laughs) I'm like, I'm like, I commit. Loki sometimes I'm like, did I commit because I just wanted to go to China for free? But no, nah, it was it was bigger than that. For them, it was like you're not even here yet, but like we want to bring you to this journey. You know what I mean? Right. So, out is it like big family atmosphere? Yeah. Went to if I did, I didn't go to Ryerson, so he gave me a lot of yeah. And he knew um, he didn't have to do that because he could have been like, okay, we'll wait for the every, everybody to come back and you'll come straight to Ryerson practices. But like they gave me a free trip to to Ryerson and, and it was a great uh, platform for me to to play basketball with them. Mm-hmm. But also like to get to know them because there's a lot of time we're like we're outside of Canada and there's gonna be a lot of time we're just at the hotel like just chilling. So it was a perfect time. Right. No, that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Um. So let's talk about, a little bit about your career at Rice, and I don't want to go too too in depth in one of them in it, but um, one of your most memorable games where is where you scored 28 points at McMaster on November 16, 2018, right? So that was your yeah. last game at McMaster. Yeah. Was that was that a statement game? Were you yeah. like, man, let me leave here and go crazy in this oh, gym? Yeah. yeah. With the, your brother played in that yeah, team. Yeah, that was he, definitely it. Yeah, he did. So that definitely added fuel to like the fire because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not gonna give my brother the bragging rights of like, I'm, I'm one and no against you, so I'm undefeated against you or something. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not giving that guy that chance, and I knew he was gonna use it against me. But yeah, I remember. Um, I don't know if you know Julia Bellini. She was like our video coordinator 
um, she like, sorry, not video coordinator. She was our, in, in charge media that day uh, for our Ryerson page. And I told her and I told my coach as well all weekend. Uh, I get to play in Hamilton. So, I, like, I want to, like, people, some, there's going to be a lot of people I know, obviously, mm. and you always want to play good for the people that saw you play since you're in grade nine. But at the same time, there was a different factors of why I didn't want to lose or have a statement game. Right. Um, there was my, like, coach, Coach Patrick, who coaches McMaster, used to be my coach, and me and him are really tight and very competitive. Like, we used to play one-on-one all, all the time. He talks the most trash. He was talk, He was texting me on the while I was on the bus on the way there. Like, <laughs> we know you like going left. We Like, he was giving me my Skyrim report, like, <laughs> while I'm going there. Like, he was saying, that's not gonna work today. Your step backs are not gonna work. This is that. So, but like that's that's our like our friend like our friendship is. And my brother wasn't talking to me at all. Like I was trying to like, hey, why don't you just take a, a picture of like the screen, like the the game, the game plan you guys have against me against me and everything. <laughs> like we're brothers, man. You don't need this. And at the time he wasn't playing, he was retreating. So I'm like, you don't even get to. I don't, I'm not even gonna kill you. This is gonna be your team. And like he was laughing. And like I even Facetime him when he was in the change room. I'm like, listen. Like, you can turn the camera. Today's not going to be a good day for your team. And so I was talking a lot of smack, but I knew I was going to go there very, very focused. And it ended up being, like, probably, like, the best stats I've had at Ryerson um, ever, to be honest. Right. Oh, that's crazy. I love that motivation. I also, yeah. also had games like that where I was like, oh, who are we playing? Like, oh, we're playing Tristan Thompson's little brother. Oh, yeah. And even though he wasn't a big name, I was just like, I just want to dominate I him know. just so I could say yeah. this or say that. Or like, <laughs> whenever you play a no school, when I went to Acadia from uh, uh, CBU to Acadia, I didn't yeah. have the, my craziest stats, but all I cared is that we gave him a 30 piece. And at the end of the yeah, game, shake the closest hand in your life. You give yourself a, like a reason why you want to kill a certain thing. Yeah, I love it. Trust All right, me, so bro. tell me how one goes from you. You finish your your playing years at Ryerson, and then you find yourself to be on the Raptors nine hundred five. You play for the Patriots and Honda, and now for the CBL and OBO. How does one go from playing university basketball, amateur basketball, to professional basketball? What what are the steps? Uh, like honestly, for every player is different. Um, this this is I always tell people, and when I went to Rwanda specifically, there was a lot of people, obviously because they don't know much about it, like about the steps of like going from a, like a, a high school player or university player to being a pro. I'm like, listen, this is my first time, so I, I definitely don't have the blueprint. I'll let you know next year if anything. <laughs> but like, if anything, like with me, like every player is different. Like you just gotta go in where you obviously fit in and you got to know yourself as a player. You, you can't, like, the, the biggest mistake you can do, it, you can have offers from, like, a really, really good team. And if you don't do your research and that's why you need to have an agent, like, that team might stack. A lot of great players that, that have been playing for five-plus years, sometimes ten years professionally, mm-hmm. and you're going to end up at a place where you might play two minutes, three minutes, and all the people are going to see for the next year is your stats. They're going to see right. 1.0 rebounds, whatever. That That's in your resume. Like, once you start, it's it's on your resume. Whatever you have is on your resume. So, like, there's a lot of smart people that's, that don't start low. I'm not saying to start low, 
but right. just be realistic with yourself uh, and put yourself in a position where you can showcase yourself. You know what I mean? Like you can be like, I'm going to say mid-major of pro, like, and start killing. And then people see you start like, averaging 15 and nine or whatever. Like we need a three and D guy and right. then you move up. But I, even if you don't, at least they have an image of what you can do at a professional level. So it's really about like um, really doing a lot of like we on the team just because of their name. You know what I mean? So like for me, like God bless um, like my agent and a lot of like people that have been blessed to be with. Like I, the whole summer I was training Upper Lakeshore where most of the people from Team Canada and professionals train with uh, Jermaine Anderson that played for, for the national team for a number of years and is currently on, on most of the staff. And I was there the whole summer and mo, mo, most of the trainers were on from trainers from 905. And mm-hmm. they were the first to say, listen, you need to come to the tryouts. And I never even considered going to like G League for my first year because I had a teammate, Aaron Best, that played for 905 uh, in 20. I want to say 2017, but it was the second year. So I was like, maybe it might be an option after, but like, I got to go test the waters in Europe. But he, the, every day they would say like, listen, you need to like, you have the perfect game for NBA game. So come to the trial and see what happens. And it was a risk just because of trials in September. You know what I mean? And if you want to go to Europe, you need to leave. Earlier, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, you got you to leave earlier. So it was a risk, but... I bet on myself, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you know what? This is my first year. If I'm ever going to take a risk, it's not going to be in my fifth year. You know what right, I mean? Right, like, right. this is the time for me to, like, okay, let me see what I can do. And I went there, and I did way better than I, I initially thought I was going to do. And, and I saw myself in that setting. I'm like, man, I can Till this day, I know I can play. Like, I was playing, and I'm like, I can definitely play here. Not just play, like, really kill in, in, in this league. And the coaches, yeah, go ahead. Is that, is, that, is that not what we were saying kind of earlier? It's like sometimes you, you don't know you yeah. can belong somewhere until you actually yep. test the water and you're like, man, I can I belong with these 100%. guys. 100%. And everybody knows, like, it's not like you're not a confident player if you don't think that way. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, it was literally a fact of like, okay, it's one thing to like visualize something and then it's another to actually experience it. Right, so when right, I was right. there, I'm like, man, like I never thought I was a bad player, but once you really do it, it's like, okay. Now it's like certified. Like, I can really do this. <laughs> yeah. Now there's a level of like you've been shy and this. So like even the coaches are saying like, listen, like that's when I kind of saw the different side of it. Not to say like they're gonna pick players based on whatever reason. They're gonna. It's literally on whatever they visualize for the team. It's like okay, we need this. Like it's like chess. It's like we might be able to trade this person. Then they think right. of like Raptors. Okay. In my situation, it was like at the time Raptors were going to do so well. It's like they were moving down a lot of players to be like, um, so uh, Stanley Stanley was moving down at one point. Uh, the the white shooter on the Matt Raptors got Matt something. Matt Thomas. Yeah, he was he was coming down at one point. Yeah, he was coming down. O'Shea was a two way player. Tyler Ennis was there, um, and he played in the NBA. So that team was really really stacked. And all these guys I'm naming, it's like. There was like three guys that play on the, that on the Raptors roster coming down just because it's like these guys are doing well and they're not needed, so they come in. You can hear me. Yeah, you froze for a second. Okay, my bad. 
Yeah, so like I was saying, like it was just a shit. Like I was the last guy cut, and even then they were like, "Listen, like you obviously didn't make the team, but can you stay and sign like a um, practice player contract? Because you never know what might happen. Like uh, players get injured, people uh, uh, players get traded, players get cut. There's a lot of different things that happen. And at the time, I was like, yeah. And they they're willing to help. Like if you go to Europe, we'll vouch for you and say like, listen, he's a legit player because like that that plays. That plays along because I had like people like Roy Renner vouching for me, and that and that plays a, a huge role. And I was I was blessed with that, mm-hmm. and so that's something they were willing to do. It's like, hey, you can keep training here, and like whenever you, a team is there, we'll help you, and then at least you'll still be in shape when you go. I'm like, okay, perfect. That's that works for me. It's like oh, I'm not doing anything else. Yeah. So and that's when I got the call from for the the new league B, that the NBA was funding BAL. Mm-hmm. for the qualifiers and it happened to be in my country so i was like you know what this is like perfect it's just 18 days uh it was it was it was good money so i was like it, it wouldn't hurt at all so i went there and ended up being the best experience i've had in my first pro career ever because uh-huh. we we're playing in front of ten thousand people every single day mm-hmm. so it was in front of like family i would have never played in front of before so it was like it, it was amazing it's not, it's not something i expected at all so for all the players that are coming out wanted to play pro like don't don't think that you, you can picture exactly what's gonna happen like everything that happened this year i would have never guessed not mm-hmm. once yeah that's awesome so yeah as a practice player do you do you get paid or is it what's how does that work like you get per dm you get per okay. dm and like like you just practice like you you're not on a on a contract where you, you're paid for like like the others you know what i mean or even okay. less it's so only it's, per DM because you're not you're not traveling with a team or anything like you you can go to practice and you can go whenever you want. That's the thing. Oh, weird. Okay, okay, dope. Yeah, it's good. It's good to know because all whoever is going to be watching this is all have the same goals and aspirations. Like maybe one day, maybe soon before I get too old because you know they've been calling yeah. me sixty two since high school. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, man, I, I'm trying to see. Yeah, no, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to see like what 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 would be a good route, and when people ask me about like what's what should I do and where should I go, I try to give them the best advice. But hearing things like that is good to know. So let's talk a little bit about mental health. Um, yeah, I know that you went to yeah, and you got a child and youth major, right? So you love spending time with kids as a counselor, yeah. as a camp counselor. Uh, in your opinion, how important is it to have yeah. in the for a child's success and their mental health to have a strong and supportive role model? Oh man, I think if if not the most important, it's is definitely in the top three, man. I mean, like kids are, are sponges. That's how that's the first thing they tell you. Like kids literally learn through their eyes and they, they don't have the, the ability to be like, okay, this is good or bad, except for the obvious. Like if mm-hmm. you kill someone, that's bad. If you give someone you share something, that's like they know the obvious. But in terms of what a role model is able to do is okay this is an image okay this is what he's been doing Let, i'm gonna take like a, a basketball play a lot of people like um idolize idolizing and having a role model is two different things that's that's where a lot of people get it confused and think okay well this kid looks up to to michael jordan so he'll be fine like that's all he needs to see as long as he plays basketball he'll be fine like that might be enough for some people just because it's like maybe playing basketball will keep him out of trouble or he won't care about doing drugs or 
or doing whatever because he's so focused on being like Michael Jordan that he'll just play basketball and go home. But some, they might go to a court where there's drugs happening and there's all types of stuff. And then at some point, he's going to give in just because he's around it. You know what I mean? Right. So having a role model will be like, okay, well, there's someone, you have an older, but it could be an older brother. It could be a neighbor. It could literally be anybody. That's what people don't understand. It doesn't have to be family. But let's say that same kid, when he's playing basketball, he notices that there's an older guy or even an older woman um, that's playing basketball on the other net. And for some reason, they say, hey, how do you do this? For, so even though he still idolizes Michael Jordan, right. he's going to try and imitate what that person does. So if that person yeah. like, is surrounded by the same drugs and same bad activities, and he goes, no, 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 like, I don't want any trouble. Keep that stuff away from me. I'm just here to hoop. Now he's mm-hmm. gonna like know. Okay, this is the way to do it. If I want to be as good as this person, I'm supposed to do what he does. So next time he he's approached by that, he's gonna be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Obviously he didn't do it. Like why would I do it? I'm trying to be like him. So exactly. he's gonna mirror whatever you do. I'm I'm happy you do say that because um, save me, save we has an approach as we are products of our environment, right? So if a kid is on a basketball court yeah. and he sees somebody not given into temptation and to the bad things, then that person's like, oh, yeah. that, whether that person knows it or not, that him saying no to those uh, temptation affects the people around us. So when I go to schools and I go to, yeah. and I talk about people, I'm like, we are products of our environment. Our words, our actions, our energy have an impact on those around us and we might not even know it. So, so somebody could have a role model and actually yeah. almost never even speak to them, right? Which is some of the, which is one of life's right. greatest mysteries because you, somebody could find success just by either having an idolizing or by being mentored. And I, and I love that you mentioned that. Something I want to touch on real quick is uh, as an yeah. athlete, right? Uh, I've torn my ACL, which was detrimental for me. I it, it abruptly stopped my season. I had oh, to sit yeah. down. I had to watch. Our team wasn't doing well in the first place, and I, I was like, I, I know I can help. Um, you had during 2016, 2017, yeah. you had to sit out for a year, right? So how does that, how did that, I know my mental health was yeah. impacted as in like, I had to keep reminding myself to be positive, to work on my upper body, blah, blah, blah. But how did that impact yeah. your mental health on staying in shape, being ready for the next mm-hmm. season? And how did you overcome it? I think for me, it wasn't even a physical side because like at that point, it's like, maybe it's like being like, um, like I'm swagging out too much, but I never was worried to be like out of shape. You know me, like I've been skinny all my life. I'm like, I never thought once like, oh man, I'm going to come back like 300 pounds and I'm not going to be the same. It wasn't about that. Like like you touched upon, like I didn't even know my mental side could be affected at all. Like to me, I grew up in an environment, like I say, in the African background where that's like almost neglected. Like to them, it doesn't exist. Mind you, like my mom works in a field, like she's a counselor. So I'm not saying like she was like that with me, but I'm saying like in general, like that's not something like I even thought could happen. Like, what do you mean? Like me, to me, mental, mental health was like, if, it, if your mental health is affected, you're in a fetal position and you're crying every day. Right. If you're not doing that, then your, your mental health is good. So to me, I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like I'll be, I'll be fine. But I realized it can take a toll on you when it was the first time I, I didn't play basketball an entire year ever. Mm-hmm. Like, ever since I started. So, I'm like, I, I thought I was fine. And then you notice, like, small things. Like, there's a hole in your soul because, like, the biggest thing in your life that, like, literally you revolved around that, like, you just 
taken away. Now what? Now you feel like you have no purpose in life. It's like, okay, now I had so much time. I'm like, the days felt like they were 72 hours. Mm -hmm. I was like, what did I do after basketball? What, what can I do to like substitute it? And then, and then like you, you find yourself fatigued, unmotivated. Um, then you, you like, if you, if you, if I didn't have the right, like, like mentors and friends, if you're alone, you, you can find yourself like, like because you're unmotivated and, and feeling alone and no energy just because something so viable has been taken away from you. Like right. you might not realize it, but your mind just given up. Right. Um, thinking like, okay what can I do and then it's like, I feel like it's stages it's like you, you first you start it's like okay you're you don't know what's going on because that, that never happened to you and then you get to a point it's like okay now I'm bored then you get to a point it's like okay what can I do to replace it right then when you don't find that thing to replace it it's like you just give up and that that's that's where the dangerous part is it's like if you don't have anybody to like prevent you to get to that spot or even help you like move you back like move you back to okay here's what we can do are you good at this mm -hmm. uh how often you work uh, did you study did you do like there's different things and i'm using me as an example like there's a lot of resources i didn't even know was, were available at ryerson until like a year like a lot of it was like i used to struggle with essays and just like that they're like hey did you know that there's a department that helps people with essays, I'm like, it's a department just for essays. That doesn't even make sense. Right. I went there, and not only is a department for that, it's like they're ha like it, it's almost like they they're hoping people are bad at essays that like they're happy helping, and it's a challenge to them. And it, it be is because it's like, why is he so happy to like help me with my homework, like to do like to write a whole ten ten page essay? Then right. you get the joy out of it, and then while he's helping, I'm looking, I'm like. And this is way easier than I thought. Like, what the heck was I doing before? Then you right. kick yourself in the butt. Like, man, I was messing up for no reason. But then that's also part of the process. It's like, you know what? I learned so much in that year that I would have never learned. It's almost like in the moment, you're like, hell no, I will never go through that again. Right, right. But now I'm like, on 100%, I don't know if I'm accomplishing what I did if I didn't learn how to talk to people um, when I'm feeling down or... I, ne I never looked for help before it's like if you look for help you're weak and mm -hmm. like i i didn't i didn't never said it but that's how i thought I'm like why would mm -hmm. i ask for someone to help me with my essay like you know what i mean i'm doing this right, my right. own if i fail i fail and then and when i fail it's like i'm on my own because i'm embarrassed mm -hmm. but i got to a point like looking for help and helping people was okay and that improved because the next year was the best year i had like by far to that point and the thing is, it's like, I wasn't that much better. That, it, it, does, it really doesn't make sense, but all of it was because of my mental state. Right, like, right. people might think, was, if they look at the stats, and it was the same team. It was literally because of my mental state. Right, right. Like, when I was in prep school, um, I love this. Like, Coach Antoine, uh, big shout-out to him, man. So, I, for the people who don't know watching this, sure. I went from ACMT with JV, and I went to Chicago Hope Academy. And Coach Antoine was all about winning yeah. the day, right? And he said this, and he his hallway was beside my English class, and I would prefer to go outside the school, go along the hall, outside, go through the other staircase just to enter my English class, just because he would put the fear of God in you. But he just did not want to walk by him because he <laughs> always had something to tell you, some advice, all right? 
And one day we're like, I'm telling her, we're telling yeah. her, our buddy Carson, like, yo, man, don't walk by his office. He's having a bad day. Carson walks by him. He's like, Carson, get the fuck out of my practice. He's like, what? What did I do? <laughs> it's 10 o'clock. Practice is at four. He got kicked out like six hours before practice started, right? And he's like, what the fuck? Like, everybody's confused. Like, what did he do? He's like, somebody who was walking around in my hallways with his shoelaces untied is a loser. He's not ready for my practice. Because he would say, oh, my God. Bro, he was so sick. He was like, man, the littlest thing will impact you on the basketball court. So he said, if you get a D yeah. or a C, you will come to my practice feeling like a D or a C. When I see Junior or Ricky or Elvis or Ellie come in with a smile on their face, I know either they got a girl or they got a, or they got an A on the test, right? And it was a Christian school, so we can't even talk to girls. So he was just being serious. Uh, Joe, he was just joking around. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he literally from yeah. that moment on, I knew going into college, going into university, that all right, you know what? I need to win my relationships. I need to win my friendships. I need to win my classes. I need right. to walk like a winner daily if I want to play like one and. That's why I was like, man, I'm playing in front of people who shouldn't be playing in front of me, who I shouldn't be playing in front of because yeah. I was just more in control of my mental health. So I'm super glad you touched on that. So oh, yeah. as we're wrapping up, let's talk yeah. about this. Somebody who's watching this is aspiring to be a, bas- a professional athlete or college athlete. What are some advice you would give to them? Uh, at what level are they? Are they kids um, or are they like... People kids, or teenagers high school, or somebody looking talking in general. Yeah, just in general. I think the biggest thing. Yeah, the the biggest thing I think is your like for me at least like the you have to be coachable. Like the first thing you have to be coachable and ready to compromise because I think I've I saw way too many countless players that have the most talent I've ever seen like not go far at all just because it's like they felt entitled. To like having it their way all the time, no matter mm-hmm. what, because like you can you can relate to this. Like if if we came out of high school at ACMT, like I came out of high school, I could do whatever I want my last year. If I had that mentality going to Rice, it, right, I would have been. I wouldn't even lasted a year because it's like, hey man, you recruited me. I was the man at ACMT. You know what I can do. Let me do my thing. Like there's there's players that really have that. So like really knowing, uh, like being coachable and and really be willing to compromise because you got to understand like if you want to be a professional professional does it like not too many people not even the nba stay on one team so expect to like play for multiple teams whether it's on in europe in canada wherever if you're not ready to compromise you're not going to make it so like be ready to compromise um be coachable and work your butt like work as hard as you can if you do that it's going to be even if you don't reach whatever goal you had you're going to be satisfied. And that's one thing I noticed. I've, I've seen players, man, they, they work like mornings and nights and they, you could really see they gave everything they had yeah. to the game and, and to everything they wanted to do in life. And when they, they, they had to hang their jersey, you could see the biggest smile on their face. And I've seen people get to exactly where they wanted. They didn't work as hard or like the, the journey might have been with a lot of bus because like they're hot hotheads or whatever it's like they hang it up and they're not satisfied it's like that's not the it's not the way they wanted to like to finish their career in basketball or they're not satisfied right. with the journey that they had you know mm-hmm. what i mean like and the reason why that person has a smile is because it's like listen the process was the best part of it like i worked my butt off Great like up. i saw how good like you know what i mean like even yeah, if yeah. i didn't read the exact thing i wanted to be 
I didn't imagine having this process. So I think being coachable, uh, coachable, uh, uh, ready to compromise and work, like work ethic are the three things if you do, you're going to be happy. So Those are three things that you can't compromise. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I can't agree more. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that also I want to emphasize on is like, I don't know if you watched Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. I, I hope you watched it. You watched it. Hell yeah, I watched it, Junior. <laughs> it's a serious, serious, <laughs> serious. But um, there's a part where Roy Williams, a coach at the time, he was assistant coach at North Carolina. And Michael Jordan's like, I'm going to be the best player uh, to ever play here. And then he's like, you're going to have to work harder. And then he's like, I worked just as hard as everybody else. And he's like, well, I thought you said you wanted to be the best player to ever play here, right? Yep. But he's like, you can't work as hard as just everybody else. You have to work even harder. So one line that yes. stuck with me um, from Kobe Bryant, like I have, I have pictures of Kobe in my wall, Kobe like in my locker room, like everything I did. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. Like I haven't taken, the, like it's been years. And the reason why is because Kobe would say, I would push myself to the exhaustion, right? My best game in university, I had, I think, like, 22 points, and it was my first game at Acadia. And that next day, at, like, 6 or 7 a.m., I was yeah. back in, and we had a, we were playing my old university, right? And I got back in the gym. I'm like, this is I, – oh, I, yeah. I, you have to put in the work ethic that nobody's willing to do, and people won't understand it, but you have to, but you have to be yeah. happy with it. And when it was my last game, yeah, I was emotional. That's be insane. Yeah. Well, I was I was emotional when it was my last game, but I was like, I gave it all for the last four years. I I'm happy with that, and yeah. that leaves you that gives you peace. So yeah, that's man. another trick, another tip, and advice. All right, so last last thing, JV, I like to play a quick little game. I show you some pictures, and you explain yeah. you, you explain the backstory of those pictures. All right. So it's called explain the post. <laughs> let's get it. All right. So this is the first picture. All right. Let's see. Oh shit! Oh, this is the first time I seen one. Uh, uh, OU the the provincial championship ever against Carlton. We were down thirteen at a half against Carlton. We lost to them uh, that year. I'm pretty sure. Like everybody knows who Carlton's are and their winning right. mentality. We beat like coach gave us the biggest speech at half. He's like, listen guys, we punched our tickets to nationals, but you guys pretty much said, oh whatever, it's Carlton. No one's gonna blame us for losing. You guys gonna accept that or are you gonna make history? Because this is your last year. He's just pointing at uh, people's last year. Are you going to be part of history or are you just going to, like, lay back at home instead of winning? And we came back and we ended up winning. So that's what that picture was. That's what's, that's what's up. My second picture is this one. Tell me what's happening here, man. What's the backstory here? <laughs> what the heck? I don't even – honestly, I'm not even sure. But I know I was probably watching, like, the women's volleyball game. And, like, I was always, like, you know, I'm, I'm that guy, like, if I go watch that – like, like my, obviously, my school team, and they're doing well. I'm going to do some stupid stuff all the time. And honestly, a good song probably came on. I'm going to assume the Millie Rock came on, and I started dancing. You can see my friend happy me up at the back. <laughs> so that's probably what was going on. God knows what's happening with me. All right, I got one last picture, and here it is. I'm going to share my screen so you can see it. Oh, that's legendary. That's crazy right there. This is – I'm. That was our last, my last year at ACMT with E-Man, Levy, and Hamid. Legendary Hamid. That, that Legend. picture was, um, yeah, that picture right there, man. Oh, it's crazy. I, I looked at that picture, and the first thing that came in was the games we used to play at lunch. Like, circling back <laughs> when we were talking Legend. about in the beginning. Man, uh -huh. it just circled back to, like, all this. I don't understand how we did that, man. Like, we literally... <laughs> 
played for 30 minutes straight and you would think we just played like for three hours. Drenched. <laughs> Man. <laughs> it yeah, was, we, we, time, for Dave, we, we skipped lunch so many times and then we trying to sneak in a, a snack in class and get in trouble. It was crazy, man. Those were the days. All right, so yeah. I have one last quick game that I want to play with you, and I want you to probably thought we were the same. I I want to play one quick last quick game with you, and what you have to do is build your perfect player. So I want you to tell me the perfect. You I want you to build a perfect player by shot, handles, rebound, defense, passing, and athleticism. So perfect player for a shot. Who who shot would you take? Steph Curry. Steph Curry handles. Kyrie. Kyrie rebound. Uh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Defense. Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Imagine. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. That one is tough. Honestly, and this is with my body, mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly. If Patrick I can Beverly. move like that guy at my size, yeah, I'll be good. How about passing skills? <clears throat> oh, magic. I'm, I'm going to take magic. Magic and athleticism? Uh, I'm going to take prime Derrick Rose. Who? Derrick Rose? Prime Derrick Rose? Prime Derrick Rose. Jeez, he was yeah. a beast. He was a beast. All right, yeah. JV, that is it. That's all we have for today. I appreciate you big time for coming on. Um, I just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your secrets and your tips and tricks and everything, man. No problem, man. Man, I wish you the best this summer, and I hope everything works out, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Junior. I appreciate it. <laughs> man, you- what you're doing, bro. Bro, I just did that. Looking at you, you know what I just thought about? <laughs> he made me swatted the hell out of Cassidy Ryan, and I walked up, and I went like this. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yo, that was the greatest moment of ever. Like, I swear to God, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Not even from the film, like when I was there. Like, you literally, like, it wasn't like he was beside you. You literally walked the whole time with your fingers to your forehead. And then as soon as you got close enough, you went this way. I'm like, damn. Yo, I'm going to have to put the clip how, right here. Bro, at the time, I would have been so cheesed if someone did that to me. Bro, you have to, bro. I was walking the other bro, way. Out. Legit. No, legit. You, you came close, and then you just switched gear and went the other side as soon as you got close to him. I know he was hot. There's no way he was. He didn't let that like down. You for just two got your shot swatted like that. <laughs> hey man, I have no bad blood with the guy, but I'm gonna put the clip in here just so people know what we're talking about. All right, man, I'll talk to you soon.